You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, it's Bernadette Jansen, and before we get into this episode, I need to remind you that the information in this podcast is general in nature and opinion only. It should not be taken as personal advice. There are significant risks with buying and renovating property, and you should maximize your profit potential and minimize your risk by seeking independent advice that relates to your personal circumstances through your own financial planner, accountant, and any other professionals that you are working with. The examples in this podcast are for illustrative purposes only. Hi, I've got Kate Potter here. Kate's had a very busy year. You've done... So two or three projects this year? Three. So this year, I started the year with a home that we already, an investment property that we had in Brisbane, came up um, at the end of its lease. So we took the opportunity to do a reno and sell that one. Yeah. So that was January this year, which we sold in February. And then we had a unit in Mossman, which we did a cosmetic renovation, styled and sold. And then we also sold a property which we renovated last year in Thoreau. And then... On the back of all of that, just bought our what, what's hopefully our forever home. Yeah, so that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I think the thing that I have noticed about Kate. So I only met Kate was it twelve months ago when you came into our boot yeah. camp, and she was a bit of a hot mess. I think you would say yeah. had stuff going on everywhere and was really having trouble making sense of it. Yeah, and I think the big difference has been with you is you've got really clear about what you want, mm. and that's enabled you to be able to move forward and really at quite a cracking pace given Mm. that you're working full-time as well. So I thought we'd sort of really flesh out your projects in terms of what you did, how you manage them given that you're working Mm full-time and we'll talk about the exciting news of you winning that amazing award on your project. Mm -hmm. But firstly, yeah, let's get into that. What's given you the clarity? I guess is what I want to ask, firstly. A really strange thing happened. My husband and I have been thinking about where we want to ultimately live for quite a number of years, actually. And also, at the same time, I've been wanting to really get cracking with renovating for profit as well. Yeah. And we've been living in a beautiful one-bedroom apartment in Mossman for the past 15 years, quite sort of comfortable because it was a beautiful location beautiful water views and all that sort of stuff but thought we really would like to have some space looked around at what we could afford and didn't really think we could afford a house on the northern beaches where we were looking at the time so then we thought we would give it a go down on the south coast so we we went down down there i had previously done a townhouse reno and flip Mm. And on the back of that, I was itching to do the next project mm. and we decided to find a house that we could live in, renovate and and potentially stay there. It just didn't feel right for us mm. and neither of us wanted to say that we'd made a mistake. But after we had been there about a year, moved out to do the renovation, moved back to Sydney, we thought actually we love the house. We just don't think we wanted to live that far away from Sydney. We just felt too disconnected from Sydney. 
at the same time I felt like oh I really wanted to be doing renovating as my business but it just didn't seem to feel right to do that before we were settled and to be fair to my husband he really wanted to get settled in a home that he he just ended up saying we we had a discussion that just came out of the blue after talking with some friends and and he said you know what what would happen if we sold some of the places that we have investments what could we afford to do then and that changed the whole focus from feeling we had to hold on to everything and live in this one bedroom tiny apartment to well what if we just decide where we want to live and make that happen first and then we'll make everything else happen around it and but Bernadette I actually think that it was something that you said to me in a coaching session which was isn't it time you start to live the way you want to live and that's played in my mind for quite quite a few times mm. and I thought well yeah maybe we're allowed to do that mm. and I think we gave ourselves permission mm. to spend money on a house that we want to live in and not feel guilty about that and that was a big yeah. A big step. And that's the thing. I, you know, I really get annoyed when these gurus go on and say your family home is not an asset. Yeah. But there's no second chance at this. So you want to, yeah. if you're going to create your life. Yeah. And, but the flip side of that is then your family home, because it's a large portion of your wealth, also becomes a really powerful tool mm. because you've got all that equity in it. Mm. You can improve it to add value and to enrich your life. Yeah. And so it kills two birds with one stone. Yeah. And I think for me, part of the the journey has been to realise that it doesn't matter what age you are, you're entitled to go and get a loan if you want, if you have the means to pay it off and the future vision of how you're going to do that. Whereas there's a lot of people out there who I guess think we're doing something contrary to what we should be doing at our inverted commas stage of life, which is downsizing and you know, just being really sensible and having investments but not putting any more money into our own lifestyle, if you yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like I've got so many years ahead of me to start, exactly. you know, heading in a new direction. And why should I assume that that means less money? Why should I assume that that means less lifestyle? Why should I assume that we're going to be too feeble to look after a house when that's actually what will keep us young? Exactly. So yeah. I think once we got our head around, that's okay and we do deserve to actually live in the house of our dreams and doing the house in Thoreau and making it so beautiful is what gave us the the incentive, I guess, and it expanded our thinking as to what we could achieve and what we would like to live in. And then after that point, looking around at two-bedroom apartments in our local area just didn't cut it mm. anymore. So mm. once we made the decision, we'd already sold our place in Brisbane. That was the only one we'd actually planned to sell. And then it became easy to sell our apartment in Mossman and the house in Thoreau, which we'd been hanging on to and just not able to make decisions about that for probably about probably about five years. We'd been umming and ahhing about moving out of Mossman. And then once we renovated the rule, we thought, oh, you know, we'll hang on to it. We put tenants in there. It kind of broke our heart to put someone else in a house we just freshly renovated for ourselves. And they were in there for almost a year. And once we decided, no, we can have something like that, we don't, it doesn't have to be that or nothing. Yeah. We thought it, we sold both of them on the same day. 
it just all fell into place. Everything fell into place yeah. immediately. And that's a pretty good indication that it was the right decision. Yeah, yeah. and then we found the house that we found oh. immediately. Like we, everything happened within a number of weeks. You were sort of in this dilemma mm-hmm. for, I reckon, at least six months. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it went wham, bam, and yeah. we're off. And the only thing that happened was a change in your mindset. Yes. That was it. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And so let's just go back to the Brisbane one. Let's not gloss over that because I actually mm-hmm. was really impressed with how you managed that mm-hmm. because, like, a lot of the people that I with – are in a similar position. They have a property in Queensland usually that's not doing so well mm-hmm. and have had it for a long time mm-hmm. and are umming and ahhing about whether to sell it and, and, and of course, whether to do anything to improve it to make sure they get the – like a lot of people, they're negatively geared, which mm-hmm. I don't think yours wasn't, but, no. yeah. Um, so but it you, was for many years. Yeah. Um, we, held, we had that for, for 15 years of yeah. defence housing. Um, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what actually did you do? What were the steps on that? So when you, you got it valued when you first started, went to sell? We went up and did some due diligence on um, real estate agents. I had a conversations with about five. My husband and I went up and interviewed three and drove around the area and got a good sense of values and we were told around 4.30 would be on the, on the mark. The, the house was in an area called Forest Lake. There are many, many, many project homes Mm. all looking the same it's an area which was developed and about a third was defense housing so it was a new development that was designed around integrating defense homes in with a new estate yeah so the house that we bought was pretty near the beginning of that development so you can imagine how many houses there are that were very very much the brick veneer box And this was a four-bedroom home, not a great floor plan. It was a little bit sort of chopped up. It wasn't completely open plan. A bit on the gloomy side, all very cream and beige and rust-coloured exterior, garage doors and all that kind of stuff, and very bland, I guess you could say. I decided that if we were going to sell this house and not have it sitting on the market, that we would need to give it the biggest bang for buck. What I did was leveraged what I could get for free from the defence housing contract. So they had an obligation to, to paint and their instruction to me was that they would paint it like for like in the same colours. So I negotiated with them to choose my own colours and have that light white feeling. And I went and took the trouble to go and visit again, meet with the maintenance manager and go around and specify the things that I thought were maintenance issues. So really squeezed everything I put out of them for a start. It was great to have... Then I asked if I could have direct contact with that maintenance girl who was managing the painting and whatnot because I built a rapport with her. So when it came time to talk about cleaning the carpet, she said, you know what, it was... She called me and said... I've realised that it's not going to come up that well. I've decided to advise that it needs to be replaced. So then I've got to specify the colour of the carpet. Great. And I think a lot of it is just building a rapport with people and creating that personal connection, telling her what my plans were for renovating it. And she bought into the whole excitement of the thing. And she said that she loved to come and see the the houses when they were completed and all that sort of stuff. So I think she pushed the boundaries a little bit more. She got some turf laid where there were some ball patches in the backyard and all that sort of stuff. So from there, I got the free painting, free carpet. I went through and just had specified 
what needed to be done in the garden, had some sheer curtains installed. I managed to negotiate with the stylist to organise um, a handyman to do that under her control. So this is the sort of thing that I did to to do it remotely. Yeah. Um, so I had about three visits up there, um, got the contacts, talked to plumbers, electricians, and then managed them remotely. So the electrician and plumber, I made sure that I used people that were recommended by my agent. The most important thing I should have, shouldn't gloss over as well was choosing the right agent mm. because he treated it like his own house and his own project as well. Same as the stylist, the same as the defence person. So those three people were my on-the-ground eyes and ears and they were my source of trades that I knew I could trust because they trusted them and they had repeat business with them. So I didn't negotiate. I didn't sort of shop around. Yeah because it was more important to be able to trust people to do the work well, not to get the right price in this yeah. instance. So all I did was got new toilets fitted because they were absolutely disgusting, new appliances in the kitchen. Everything was cleaned um, to a high standard and the painting and the carpet and the styling. And, oh, yeah, the sheer, the sheer curtains, the white sheer curtains that made a really big difference because it was really sort of ugly. Yeah side fences that you're looking out onto as well and once that was all done and styled which I actually specified the styling as well the kind of styling that I wanted so that it was a bit different from everything else in the area and also had a hand in reviewing and choosing the photos in fact the photographs didn't show it in a very good light they came out looking really with the walls looking really creamy and oh, some okay. funny filter that they put on to a side I rejected them and I said, go and take more. Yep. Yeah. And they took things at an angle that didn't really show the house off very well. And after all of that, we ended up getting a price of four seven five. Right. Sold in a week at a time when the market was, this was before the election. It was February and things were very, very slow and there were about 50 houses in the market. In well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah. So how much time did you actually spend up there? Is it just that I had initial three, three visits. Yeah. One to be interview the agents, one to do an inspection when the tenants moved out. Yeah. And one further inspection when it was all done. Yeah. So that was it. Three visits where I stayed overnight. I could have got away with returning on the same day, but I preferred to stay overnight and make a bit of a... Little just holiday. Just a bit of a holiday, yeah. you know. And also I could do a bit of running around looking at Bunnings at toilets and that kind of stuff while I was up there. Oh, the other thing I did was organise through the Bunnings Power Pass to buy and pay for the um, toilets and things and arrange for the plumber to go and just collect them direct right. from the yeah. local... So I arranged for them to be at the local Bunnings. So that was another good thing, which I'm not almost forgot about. And the electrician, I asked him to, to source, including his quote, to source the, the oven. And, oh, oh yeah. It was oven and cooktop and dishwasher. Yeah. So he was responsible for the whole lot, high and fit. So I didn't have to worry about that either. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. And it really gives you a sense of accomplishment when you actually do the job well and have a good outcome. So then you renovated, you did a makeover of your own little yep. one better? Yeah. So this apartment in Mossman, the agent, a few agents said it didn't really need much, but I knew that it did need something because we wanted to push the boundaries to pretty much the top of the one-bedroom market. Yeah. 
because the view warranted it, but it was a 60s building and a small apartment and it had been renovated just before we moved in 15 years prior, but it was just tired. Yeah. So again, we got stuck in, we painted this one ourselves over the Easter period in a white, white on white all throughout, um, Lexicon Quarter for all of the, the woodwork trims and we've got plantation shutters put in and oh. styling. Oh. And a really deep clean and a clean and grout tidy up in the bathroom, and just that was pretty much it. And awesome. that, that again, that sold on the first viewing. Beautiful. So that was just when, just before the tide turned in the market. So that was in May this year. Well so it was done. Literally the weekend after the elections, it sold off market to someone across the road who got in early before the preview because they didn't want it to go to anyone else. So, yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah. It's interesting. The universe conspired. Yes. Yeah. And on that same day, we negotiated a deal with our tenants to buy the house down in Thurrell, down the coast. Okay. So all on the same day, the, the Mossman apartment and the Thurrell house sold on the same day. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a bit about the Thurrell house. Mm -hmm. So that was a little bit of a labour of love. So you actually started and completed that before we met. Yes. Yeah. So I just completed it before I did. Yeah. Before I met you. Yes. So that was a house that was going to be our forever home. It was a 100-year-old cottage. We managed to secure that because we committed to the owners who it was a deceased estate, and we said we were absolutely renovating it. We weren't going to knock it down and put a two-story monstrosity on it, and, yeah. which was what they were afraid of. And we really wanted to make this the, the cute little beach house at the front and extend at the back, which is what we did. Um, so it took us a while to figure out what we wanted to do, and part of that indecision was about was it going to be our home or not our home and all of that kind of stuff so we wanted to uh, create a really light airy space it was a cute cottage but quite dingy and dark as 100 year old cottages tend to be it was um, two bedrooms with a closed in veranda and the owners had raised six children in their house and the, wow. and the owner who had dis just recently deceased and who we bought it from, she lived there for 70 years of her life. So from a very young married person through to 90-something. Yeah, so, mm. so it was amazing. And it had a really overrun back garden and what have you. So we got, uh, we enlisted a building designer because we knew that an architect would cost yep. you know, too much and we weren't sure what we wanted to do. Yeah. So we did something that was really maximise the floor plan. So he did the floor plan and then I went through and tweaked it and made the space more more effective. Once he did the initial vision with the roof line and the initial floor plan, following on from the ideas and um, of how we thought the layout would be, it was much clearer mm. what had to be done from there, so I could take it from there. Okay, so back to the building designer. He was great. He was happy to work with me and let me change anything I wanted. And I specified the materials, the finishes, the fixtures, the everything, and mm. put in about five skylights that he didn't like the idea of because of the basics and all that sort of thing, but I was determined to have all of this natural light. And when it was finished, it was just a beautiful vision of white Byron Beach-inspired yeah. cottage-slash-house. And we found out 
so we we put tenants in and just when we decided to sell I think it was the weekend we decided to sell I got a phone call out of the blue from the building designer to say that he decided without us knowing actually to submit the house for the building design awards um, for the year and he said not only did it win its category but it won the overall wow. design and what I was really pleased about was they said the considered use of, of space around a constraint because we did have a, an easement through the back and so we had to design around that and also the look and feel um, of the place so just the overall ambiance and all that sort of stuff and I thought that really does include some of my input. So oh, that was really a bit more than some <laughs> really? of your input I'd say. Yeah. yeah. So That's um, awesome. That's a really yeah, awesome really feather amazing. in your cap. Mm. Yeah. So now it's gone to a lovely family who are, yeah. So a lovely family who moved from Bondi Beach. They had three little kids and they're living in a, an apartment with a tiny courtyard and they yeah. were renting and they, they rented our place with the hopes of looking for something. They've been looking on and off through the year they were living down there and couldn't find anything that that measured up and when we said we were going to sell it they said please don't sell it to anyone else <laughs> amazing yeah. so now it's clear that you are accomplished in your execution your design and your execution of renovations i'm really interested to know for you to share actually what had you come and do more education i think that the reason i wanted to do that and I have done a couple of courses as well yeah. in the past, yeah. is because I was really struggling with the strategy part of it. Yes. And I think that's what this course did for me, is that it really helped define strategies and outlined the different strategies you could use. Yeah. And I think it was the Renovate Your Retirement online um, webinar yeah. that really got me intrigued. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I, I have to say, like, being completely honest, I reckon I renovated for about at least 15 years without having the strategy mm. and it, it's a bit like treading water. Mm. Like, you're loving doing what you're doing, mm. but really it's not getting the results that you should be getting mm. and that's where the strategy is really important. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is I love renovating, but I didn't love the idea of the cookie-cutter approach. Mm. Mm. I didn't love because that would take the love out of it and the mm. passion out of it for me. And so whilst my head said it makes sense to have a cookie cutter and always do the same thing and work in the same sort of area and etc cetera, etc cetera, that doesn't yeah that doesn't ignite my passion. Yeah. So to think that I could use some strategies to do different types of projects some with by myself some with other people some units, some houses, some in different states, whatever. That's what made me realise I can really make a living out of this. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter what's happening in Sydney. It doesn't matter. And, and I can still have design, mm -hmm. import and all that kind mm. of stuff. Yeah. Well, like you've mastered it. There mm -hmm. is no doubt about it. So what's next? So next is, first and foremost, is get settled into our, our home that we, we bought literally about 10 days ago we moved yeah. in. Um, well, actually, we kind of we kind of are settled in three week holiday, and then come back and have a serious discussion with you, being my mentor as to what's next. I've got a deposit put aside and Reno funds to do the first uh, the next project. Yeah, and that was all part of the the loan negotiation. So yeah. it was a tough in this market a tough loan negotiation to get extra money 
put aside, but I've got now. Well done. Included yeah. in all of that. Yeah. Because, of course, your long-term goal is to replace your income. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you're well poised to do that. Yeah. So the next project really will be the beginning yeah. of that journey. Yeah. 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 So the discipline will be to make the next one a profitable yeah. renovation, not keep tinkering with my own yeah. places. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's really my job to keep you on track yeah. <laughs> well listen thanks for sharing your journey um i would like to share some before and afters of your projects in yeah, because absolutely. i know everyone will love to see them mm. and kate potter well done thank you thank you this is the she renovates podcast to discover how to harness the power of renovating check out the school of renovating.com